Good Monday morning, everyone. This is Scott, and welcome to the Football Podcast. We talk about FBS Power 5 football games each week and focus on wins and losses. If you're like me, married, kids, pets, work, mortgage, student loans, you have little to no time to watch all the football you want, nor the funds to be betting on it. Also this week, kids home from school. We'll have to turn that into a sponsor later on, but not today. Um, Today's sponsor is, though, Thanksgiving. It's never the right amount of family and booze, usually too much of both. All right, week 12 is under wraps, and that's sad because there's one more regular season weekend left, then we got championship weekend, and you got like the Army-Navy game after that. I don't know. I've, I I tried watching it, and then I remember like 15, 20 years ago, I saw a bunch of like generals doing the Macarena at halftime, kind of lost some confidence in our military efforts then, but you know, they, they, they tend to make up for it. Anyway. All right, let's look at those pick'em games first. First, UNLV at Air Force. Called it right. Whatever UNLV did in that locker room at halftime, it worked. Air Force was up 27-14 at the half, and UNLV, UNLV came back to win 31-27. Arizona, um, or sorry, Air Force uh, got the turnover issues under control. Uh, they only had one that game. However, Air Force had a total of 404 yards, but only 157 in the second half. And UNLV now first place in the Mountain West and Air Force second place. So we'll see who meets up for that conference championship. Air Force has the more difficult game coming up next weekend. And I believe UNLV has someone they they should be able to steamroll over. So we will see. All right, next up, Appalachian State at James Madison. I don't know what happened. I wasn't about to watch it. Um, But I'll have to go back and listen to everything I said last week. Uh, You know, it it was just too much distraction, I think, for James Madison. Um, college game day quickly did an about face and went out to this game. And apparently they had a great time. Everyone you know, said wonderful things about James Madison, but however, in the end, uh, too little effort from the actual team playing on the field and, uh, Appalachian state came away with the win. So, uh, congratulations, Appalachian state. We called this one wrong. Next up SMU at Memphis. Congratulations, SMU. You are now tied with Tulane for first place in the American Athletic Conference. So we'll see what's coming up next for y'all, and good job. All right, moving on to the Power 5 conferences. Utah at Arizona. Utah just got crushed. Um, Arizona went up 21-0 in the first quarter, and that's pretty much how it went for the rest of the game. They had almost the same total offensive yards, but Arizona returned one punt for a touchdown. One Utah turnover resulted in an Arizona touchdown, and then two Utah drives were turned over on downs. I mean, it just, like, Arizona just dominated and crushed them. Uh, next, we got Louisville at Miami. And that Miami team that beat AM, apparently it does exist. Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke played a great game. I've been calling him Tyler Van Turnover all week. Well, he shut me up. Not that he ever really heard me or listened to me. You know, the dozen of you who are listening to me now understand that. Um, and uh, anyway, Louisville is now a stone's throw away from the ACC championship game. Um, yeah, and it is confirmed. It is going to be Louisville against Florida State in Charlotte. So that's going to be interesting. We'll get into that. All right, next up, Illinois at Iowa. Well, I picked against Iowa, and I'm going to be picking against Iowa for the rest of the season. And congratulations, Iowa. You ruined my picks the last two weeks because I've been doing that. And... um 
yeah, it's I'm just a I'm just a stubborn, stubborn, stubborn man. Yeah, yeah, I'm just not gonna pick Iowa even next week. Um You know what? I was going to tell you more with Iowa like this whole season, but I just just forgot. It's their punt game. So I'm sorry, let's go into some punting statistics here. Um they had eight punts for four hundred and thirteen yards, which is gosh, that is a lot. Um and they won. So they, they are in actually they won the Big Ten West. And there is not a chance in hell they're going to make the conference championship. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with their last game of the regular season. It actually should be an important one for the team they're playing. All right, next up, Kansas State at Kansas. And this was a lot closer than I imagined it would be. Kansas had their third string and a former walk-on quarterback playing from Cole Ballard. He was 11 for 16, 162 yards, one touchdown, and one long, two interceptions. Uh, Kansas State had to overcome a 10-point deficit, and they did. Um, Kansas was driving in the end, and it was, um, I don't know, it was not looking good until it was fourth and five at the K-State 11, and interception in the end zone, and K-State was able to run the clock out after that. So they dodged a bullet on that one. In-state rivalry, going to be a good game, and it ended a lot yeah, again, like I said, a lot closer than I would have imagined. Uh, Texas at Iowa State. And Iowa State came to play, and they just couldn't get it done. All right, game scenario. Um, ranked Texas on the road at night. Stats, all this stuff was favoring Iowa State. But their run game, Iowa State's run game was held to nine total yards. Okay, nine. 323 yards in the air, which isn't so bad. Um, and, you know, you, you can do the math. Nine plus 323. I've actually got my... 11-year-old sitting here. What's 323 plus 9? There you go. 332 yards. It took her a while. I think she was counting on her fingers. But, you know, whatever. I did put her on the spot. Um, Quinn Ewers back for Texas. Uh, statistically looking good. 23 for 33, 281 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But folks that did watch the game, I was not one of them, said he just still doesn't look 100%. And well, damn, if that's not looking 100%, all right, let's look out. All right, so um, this has been a game that I've been saying Texas needs to watch out for, but really, it's the next week next week's game, home at Texas, or versus Texas Tech. Um yeah, I don't know. Um, the score makes this Iowa State game look a little closer. Two Texas touchdowns were called back for penalties, and they resulted in turnover. Or sorry, resulted in field goals, and they did have a turnover in the red zone. So all that to say, they still won. So whatever. North Carolina at Clemson. Clemson is still good, just unfortunately very inconsistent. Both teams really screwed themselves weeks before this game even came about, and. This is also the reason I had no interest in watching. Um, actually, it was tough to watch games this Saturday for me. We had a soccer game. Yes, they won. Birthday party. Took one of my daughters to the park. So, yeah, you know, I got like, a lot of glimpses of most games, but I only really sat down to watch one, and it wasn't this one. Um, Clemson looks to be trying harder to make out, kind of make the most out of what's been a bad season. Both have. But, you know, Clemson walked away with the win here. All right, and this was the one game that I watched, and it was a great game. Washington at Oregon State. The weather, though, that was, oh, that was awful. Damn, pouring rain almost the entire game. And I, and I, I mean pouring rain even for Oregon, okay? And then apparently it was around 40 degrees. That sucks. And it looked awful to watch it on TV, and it sounds awful just talking about it. I wanted the Beeb to win. Um... 
but they did not. Now, when you hear some of these stats, or you look them up yourselves, keep in mind the weather. People are given folks on both sides of offense, like, I don't know, what happened here? There was no offense. Man, just turn on the fucking game. Turn on one highlight reel and just look at the rain coming down. Okay, so total yards, 272 for Washington, which is low for them. 162 in the air, 110 on the ground. For the Beef, 317 total, 169 in the air, 148 on the ground. Um, Yeah, that doesn't sound good, but just, again, look at any highlight reel and look at the weather, all right? There was a bad snap uh, for the Beave that gave Washington a safety. One fumble um, gave the ball to Washington on their 19-yard line that resulted in a touchdown. Two drives by the Beave were turned over on downs, including their last drive. So, and that's kind of how it ended. It was a great game to watch. Um, Washington is now in the Pac-12 championship, and who they play is still up in the air. If Oregon, next weekend, beats the Beave, then the Ducks are in. If the Beave wins, then actually Arizona is going to the Pac-12 championship. So that's going to be interesting. All right, a lot of these games I'm going to fly through because, again, Week 12, some of it just doesn't matter anymore. It just, sorry, it just doesn't. (laughs) Speaking of which, (laughs) Boston College at Pitt. I watched a little bit of this one. seems I was on Thursday night. You know, Pitt was able to put something together here in the last bit of their season, or I don't know, as I went back and actually looked at it, you know, it kind of looks like they just kind of popped their head just barely enough over the surface to get a win. So, you know, they've got like a three-win season. Boston College was doing great, but they've come up short the last two weeks. And I don't know, things don't look good for them against Miami as their last game. Um, In the end, red zone interception, two field goals, when a touchdown was needed, just appears to be what put the nails in Boston College's coffin here. So Pitt had the win. Uh, Next up, Duke at Virginia. Well, the curse of the CW strikes again. Duke's coach admitted after the game they didn't play well at all. Um, And that showed up in the worst place possible, the score. Red zone fumble interception that led to a Virginia touchdown appeared to be too much on top of what that bad play in the coach talked about for Duke. I don't know. Duke was trying in the end. Um, two back-to-back drives of the touchdown, but a failed onside kick uh, did them in. And Virginia got the win, so congratulations. Uh, Wake Forest at Notre Dame. This went about as well as I thought it would have been for Wake Forest. Um, and as anyone really should have expected, um, Notre Dame was first to score. Uh, Wake answered quickly, but that was it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame won 45-7. to North Carolina State at Virginia Tech. North Carolina State uh, quarterback Brennan Armstrong. Remember, he lost the starting job to MJ Morris, but then got the job back, but only by default, as Morris decided to redshirt the rest of this season. However, that proved to be somewhat of the motivation that we talked about he needed. Uh, Armstrong was 18 for 26, 203 yards, two touchdowns in the air, no interceptions, 89 yards rushing, and two rushing touchdowns. Pretty fucking awesome, in my opinion. I mean... Yeah, I so and I also just really like it when players kind of figure out what's wrong or get into that groove, you know, that like they find what is necessary and just like great job, Armstrong. It sounds like you did that. Um, it wasn't that Virginia Tech was awful in their game; like their defense had shut down North Carolina State first and fourth quarters, but five consecutive drives in the middle of the game 
um, that all led to touchdowns is just was too much for Virginia Tech to be able to come back from. So, all right, a game that normally shouldn't matter, North Alabama at Florida State. It was an awful game for Florida State. And I mean, awful. I, like, I don't even know what the hell the last, the final score was. Hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me pull that up here real quick. ACC, oh yeah, 58 to 13, right? Florida State won. Awful game, right? If you hadn't heard, they were down 13 nothing very early. Then late in the first quarter, their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, was tackled by, I guess it's the controversial hip drop tackle. So I had to look this up. How it works, the defender wraps his arms around the ball carrier and then just drops all other weight onto one hip. It's legal, and it's often used because it gives some advantage back to smaller players who are attempting to tackle you know, bigger players, or really just like anyone tackling, it gives them that advantage. You're just using your weight to bring them down once you've wrapped them up tightly. Well, the issue and the controversy is it can pin the leg. So as you're bringing your weight down, you can pin the runner's leg in place while inertia brings the rest of the body in another direction. And that's what happened here. In the end, Jordan Travis's left lower leg um, just above the ankle went one way while the rest of his body went another. And if you look it up online, yes, there is a good 30 to 45 degree bend in a middle part of that lower leg that just should not be there. So gruesome injury to see. If you don't stomach those things well, don't look it up, okay? Um, Florida State won. Again, they won by a lot. It's just, you know, what what does this mean? Junior backup quarterback, uh, Tate Rotomaker finished strong, but against like a very bad team. And so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this guy is good. Like he's the backup on Florida State, right? It's not, it's difficult to get the starting job, but it's still not easy to be the backup. He's been there his entire career, which means Florida State recruited this guy out of high school. So he's got something going for him. And we'll, we'll see what that does. Because all that's left for Florida State is, um, I don't even know. Oh, they've got Florida this weekend. And they've got then the ACC championship. And then we'll see what happens with college football playoff so all right lastly Syracuse at Georgia Tech well and since Syracuse fired their head coach Dina Babbers Barbers Babbers Babbers um after the game I guess that can tell you how the game and the season has gone for Syracuse it was their last game of the season oh sorry their last game of the season is against Wake Forest and this will literally be the game for last place in the ACC um because that's where the loser between Syracuse and Wake Forest, again, next weekend, is going to end up. Uh, on a bright spot, um, if Syracuse does win, they're actually still bowl eligible. Um, anyway, uh, for Georgia Tech, Haynes King threw two touchdowns, ran for one, um, and only threw one interception. Um, and Georgia Tech's now bowl eligible, so good job there. Um, they, yeah, which good thing they got it here because their last Georgia Tech's last game is against Georgia. It's a rivalry. But I don't think that's really going to amount to a hill of beans because um, especially Georgia has all the motivation to finish strong and just to annihilate everyone because there is so much competition to get in the college football playoffs. All right, let's look at the Big 12. Oklahoma at BYU. Well, if you sleep through most of your season, I guess when you go up against OU, it's a good time to wake up. Um, BYU made OU work for it far more than I would have imagined. Um, OU starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel took a nasty bump on the head at the end of the first half, and he didn't return. 
I uh, haven't seen anything about what his prognosis is or if he's coming back um, for next weekend's game, but uh, we'll, we will have to see. Uh, BYU had a chance to be bowl eligible, but it or they still have a chance, but it really looks doubtful because their next game is against Oklahoma State. Um, um, OU is still eyeballing another 10-win season. Their next game is against TCU. And as far as this game goes, it appears BYU did it to themselves. One pick six, two other turnovers resulting, like, between the three of those things, 21 points for OU off of turnovers. Like, you just can't. You, you can't do that against OU, all right? Okay. Looking at the next game, Cincinnati at West Virginia. And West Virginia is going to end strong. They dominated Cincinnati, as they should have. Um, with an away win, um, an away game at Baylor next, I expect uh, West Virginia to be 8-4 and four at the end of the season. Not bad for a team that was picked to do close to nothing at all the whole season. The coach that was on the hot seat at the beginning of the season. Um, so we'll see what happens. Next, Cincinnati did awful um, this first season of the Big 12. In fact, uh, I think it's all four new teams in the Big 12 are currently the bottom five teams of the Big 12. And we'll see how all that shakes up after next weekend. Uh, next up, Baylor at TCU. Well, TCU dominated a bad Baylor team. Um, but still, the team that was in the college football playoff final last year is likely not going to be bowl eligible this season. Yeah. Gonna just say it again. They shouldn't have been there last year to begin with. Um, next up, Oklahoma State at Houston. And this was going very bad in the beginning. Um, end of the first uh, quarter, Houston was up 14-3. to and Oklahoma State star running back Ollie Gordon had 29 yards. Well, something happened after that. In the end, Oklahoma State put up 501 total yards. And they came back uh, in a way that they needed to remain in second place in the Big 12. And next up, hey kiddo, will you go get the door? Um, UCF at Texas Tech. Um, I was not about to watch this, but a blocked extra point was the difference in the end. Tech is now bowl eligible, and UCF needs a win at home against Houston next weekend to make it to a bowl. All right, let's look at the Big Ten. Michigan went out to Maryland, and I don't know, in my opinion, didn't do as well. They're not really giving me that fuzzy, warm feeling that I was hoping to get from Michigan, right? Maryland just wouldn't go, just would not, would not, would not go away. Just like a case of herpes, it's going to stick around for a while. And that's exactly what Maryland did. Drama around the Michigan program continues. Um, I can't remember the last thing I mentioned on here, but you know, Harbaugh accepted the suspension. Um, then later on, they fired another coach. Allegations as to how Connor Stallions was able to pay for all of this. Flights and great seats to some of these games. Well, he apparently was getting help from a coach and some coaches denying that he helped them, but then it's turned out he bought, sold a house to pay for it. There's, I don't know. So either it's all this drama is getting to the players, off the field stuff is interfering with on the field stuff, or was Michigan stuck with the inevitable look ahead at Ohio State? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Even with uh, Michigan had a scoop and score and another turnover that resulted in a touchdown, um, they only won by one touchdown. So, I don't know. You know, next week is the one, the only game that I think the entire Big Ten Conference has really cared about, or anyone has cared about coming out of the Big Ten Conference, and that's going to be 
Ohio State at Michigan, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the deal was, but they, Michigan did not make me feel like they're going to be able to handle anything um, against Ohio State. So moving on, Rutgers at Penn State, and shoot, no, even Penn State put Rutgers away. Rutgers with a very good defense. Penn State handled them easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All right, and then you got Michigan State at Indiana, a close one for Indiana, but in the end, Sparty prevailed, and that's all I'm going to do with two non-bowl eligible teams. Uh, Purdue at Northwestern. Good news just keeps on coming for Northwestern. Purdue had four turnovers, and Northwestern wasn't able to score off of those, but it still did had the same outcome that turnovers do, and when you have four of them, it just sucks the life out of your team, right? Now, Northwestern has six wins, but despite that, they're still not bowl eligible, right? They need to win next weekend um, in order to make it. I'm, I'm assuming it's the win over Howard, you know, about midway through the season that's not counting to bowl eligibility. All right, next up, Minnesota at Ohio State. Ohio State had no issue with the look ahead, so just another day for them, 37-3, to win over Minnesota. And lastly, uh, Nebraska at Wisconsin. Nebraska has not defeated Wisconsin at home since 1966. And that streak continues. <laughs> it was a very well matched up game. And it took Wisconsin into overtime uh, for the Badgers to finally prevail. And it was, uh, see, Wisconsin had the first, uh, first possession in overtime. Then as Nebraska was driving fourth down, interception ended the game in overtime. So there you go. Um, I don't know. Nebraska's next game is at at Iowa. And since Iowa, like I said before, doesn't have a chance in hell on making the college football playoff, um, I don't, you know, a lot of this isn't really going to change what bowl game they go to. I don't know. Um, I, I, I like to see if Iowa shows up to win next week against Nebraska or Nebraska shows up to play um, or, you know, whatever, because Nebraska does need a win next weekend in order to make a bowl. So seems how I hate Iowa. I will likely not be picking them again this week. All right, on to the Pac-12. First up, Friday night action. Colorado getting their asses kicked at Washington State. The memes of Dion's facial expressions on the old internet are just hilarious. Washington State had 447 yards total offense to Colorado's 255. That's not going to do it. Um, both teams, I, neither one's going to be bowl eligible. Okay, even if Colorado wins next week uh, against Utah, like they just don't have enough wins. Plain and simple. Washington State needs one more win, but their last game of the season is against Washington. I expect they're going to give them some trouble, but they're not going to come away with the win. So there's a lot of motivation. Again, I've said this about quite a few teams. A lot of motivation for Washington to destroy Washington State next weekend. Not just win, but to dominate. There's just too much competition for the college football playoff this year. All right, Oregon at Arizona State. And things are looking fantastic for Arizona State next season, all right? They're playing tough. They're finishing games strong, okay? This past weekend, Oregon did use Arizona State to show off just a little bit. 603 yards of total offense. Bo Nix threw for 404 yards and a career high of six touchdowns. Damn, and I'm playing Trivial Pursuit on the side against my child. Okay, I rolled a two. There you go. Um, so anyway, Oregon looking fantastic. They got a, uh, I'll talk about, 
I'm trying not to talk about next week's matchups too soon. Okay. UCLA at USC or USC. I don't know. It's the same stadium, right? Apparently, Chip Kelly was on the hot seat, but my gosh, why isn't Lincoln Riley? Some big broadcast news type person who has a lot of people following them more than like my 12 um, tweeted out, like, do we have the wrong coach on the hot seat? I, and I can't figure out why Lincoln Riley isn't on the hot seat. Um, apparently, USC has done little to no recruiting for next year. Maybe they can get something in the transfer portal, but who wants to play for Lincoln Riley right now? Okay. They had the best player in college football available to them, and they just shit all over it. That is all they did. Okay. Um, I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, you know, Arizona State's looking good for next season. USC is not looking good for next season. Um, yeah, but again, I, I don't I don't want the disaster of USC's game to overshadow the win that UCLA did earn, okay? Um, and without it starting quarterback, um, Ethan Garbers um, had a decent game, 18 for 31 uh, and three touchdowns. Not bad. Great. That was USC's last game of the season. They are donezo, and they are going to go bowling, but, you know, let's see if anything comes from that because... Most folks are saying Caleb Williams should not return to this team. And you know what? After the, I don't know, I feel like the coach kind of screwed him on this season. I I don't know. I mean, there's loyalties and then there's not letting your team down. But man, after a while, he does need to look out for himself. So I don't know. Um, let's see if he comes back for the bowl game. And last Pac-12 game is Cal at Stanford. Good job, Cal. You won. And that's kind of all I'm going to talk about this game. All right. And lastly, the SEC. And I'm not going to talk a whole lot about these games just because most of them were a joke. So first up, Abilene Christian at AM. I got to say, I was I was nervous on this. AM's second play on offense was a pick six, giving Abilene Christian a 7-0 lead. Luckily, that's kind of all there was. AM won, I don't know, easily. Um, Chattanooga at Alabama, Bama won 66 to 10. Next up, uh, Louisiana Monroe at Old Miss, Old Miss won 35 to 3. Uh, next up, Southern Miss at Mississippi State. And I was legitimately worried for Mississippi State, but they dominated 41 to 20. Firing their coach might have been a good thing. Uh, what could have been a good game is next one, Georgia at Tennessee. But George is just good. I mean, they rolled Tennessee 38 to 10. I, I mean, there's just there's just not much to say there. Um, next game is the only one that really has anything. Well, I take that back. It, it has something worth talking about. New Mexico State at Auburn. Well, I said Auburn was desperate not to be embarrassed, but apparently not desperate enough. They, New Mexico State didn't just win. They blew Auburn out at home 31 to 10. Here are some funny tidbits that can just add to the embarrassment or just funny tidbits. I don't know. This is the first SEC win for New Mexico State ever. Auburn coach Hugh Freeze lost to New Mexico State twice in as many years and as and with as many teams. Okay? Last year he was the coach at Liberty. They were a 24-point favorite at home against New Mexico State, and they lost. This year, they were a favorite at home, 25 and a half points. Finally, not only did New Mexico State get the win, Auburn had paid them $1.85 million 
for making the trip. Yikes. 1.85 million. Well, spend it well, New Mexico State. You are actually having a fantastic season. All right. Florida at Mizzou, and Mizzou played with its food this weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, good lesson. Mizzou came out with a win. It wasn't a pretty win. They got it done. Unfortunately, additional damage was done to the Florida roster. Starting quarterback Graham Mertz fractured his collarbone late in the third quarter. So, I, I right now, we just need Mizzou to be sure that they won, or they learned a valuable, and I mean... Very, very valuable lesson because they cannot. Um, their next game is against Arkansas. You cannot, cannot, cannot fuck around like that. Most conferences, definitely not in the SEC. Okay. Uh, next up, Florida International at Arkansas. Arkansas won 44 to 20. Uh, Kentucky at South Carolina. Um, Kentucky struggled a lot to get what is a necessary win. Because both have very tough rivalry games um, over Thanksgiving week. So we'll see how that works. And lastly, Georgia State at LSU. LSU won 56-14. All right, let's take a peek at the top 25. There was a lot of wiggling around here. And remember, the college football ranking show is going to be on Tuesday night. Um, but this is just going off of the AP. Georgia remains number one. Ohio State moves up to number two. Michigan drops the number three, and that just kind of makes sense, okay? Um, Ohio State absolutely dominated Rutgers. Michigan State, or Michigan, farted around with Maryland far too long. Washington jumped over Florida State, and again, having if you'd seen the Washington game, it makes sense as to why. Um, versus Florida State, in the beginning, struggling, losing their starting quarterback, there's the, so the, so here here's the issue. Can you can you start to rank Florida State without its starting quarterback? Depending upon who you listen to, who you like, who you want, like everyone's all over the place on this. Um, rankings are based on what you've done, not based on how we think you're going to do. Right? Is that always the case? No, of course that's not always the case. So apparently it was done once before, like Ohio State, where they dropped them out and because they lost a starting quarterback but like how many other times has has a backup quarterback or a third string quarterback just come back and just just just, a, just blown out competition we've seen it this season like when nc state changed quarterbacks and teams weren't able to teams weren't able to figure that out so you know we know nothing about florida state's backup but he was recruited by Florida State out of high school, and he's managed to stay on the team his whole time there. So something's got to be good for this kid. Anyway, all right, so Florida State's now five, Oregon State six, Texas, then Alabama, Louisville, which I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like Louisville being there. Uh, Mizzou 10, which I do like Mizzou being in the top 10. Penn State 11, again, no problem there. There are only two losses are to um, uh, the second and third ranked team. So I guess that's another thing I should start talking about. So all the teams, one through five, are undefeated. Uh, six through nine, so Oregon, Texas, Bama, Louisville, and Miz- and yeah, Oregon, Texas, Bama, and Louisville are one-loss teams. Start of your two-loss teams is Mizzou, then Penn State, then Ole Miss, then Oklahoma, 
And then start of your three loss teams is LSU, Oregon State, Arizona, Notre Dame. And then from there, it's just going to be a hodgepodge of just other teams that have done apparently well. So you start with Tulane, then Kansas State, which I'd actually put Kansas State a little higher. Iowa comes in here, which just, just sickens me. Oklahoma State moved up three. They're at 21. Liberty is at 22. Toledo ranked for the first time. James Madison dropped six, which I felt it should have been more. And Tennessee is at 25, which I, I guess they just had a hard time justifying the other teams being ranked because I don't, I mean, Tennessee just unfortunately hasn't, hasn't done anything this season. So, you know, anyway, that's the top 25. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for a week 12 recap. Hey, I've had a fantastic time doing this. Um, I don't mean to close things up early, but the inevitable is coming. The season is going to come to an end. Um, I will put some stuff out for the bowl games. Those are always tough to call. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing a whole lot of listening about this because, you know, I just never know what teams show up and if they're showing up to win or just showing up to have. I, 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 I don't know what to do there. But if you have ideas for me after the season, let me know. Um, there is no other sport that I follow like I do college football, and most other sports have far more games for me to keep up like I'm doing here. Um, but I'm open, and I'm really looking forward to coming back and doing this again next season. So we shall see. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, please be safe in your travels. If you got family coming in, please remember to take care of yourself. Here is some best practices for Thanksgiving. Buddy of mine gave, uh, sent this to me. They gave it out at church yesterday. Spouses come first. Number two, communicate difficulties with your spouse. Number three, practice radical acceptance. You got to look that one up. Uh, number four, each spouse is to address issues with their own parents. I like that one. Number five, avoid hot topics. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, number six, handful of neutral topics be or have a handful of neutral topics on the ready number seven be flexible like how important is the issue that you're arguing about right forget if it's had come up a 50,000 times in the past you're only dealing with the current moment eight find a way to meet the in-laws needs number nine set clear start and end times sometimes that's not possible i get it and have a code word Hey, dear, shit's about to hit the fan is probably not the best code word when the in-laws are right there, okay? Um, and 11, take care of yourself before, during, and afterwards, okay? So, holidays, I do, do love them. I think we all do, but man, they can be stressful. Special shout out, our sponsor is uh, Thanksgiving. It's never the right amount of family and booze. It's usually too much of both. Have a great weekend.